Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Raw Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. Well, it's hump day. That means you're halfway through your week. If you're doing a five-day work week, if you work seven days a week like Dr. Jasek and I, well, it's just another day, right, Dr. Jasek? That's right. And sometimes it's hard to remember which day it is or even what time it is, huh, Dee Dee? Oh, okay, poking the bear. Dr. <laughs> Jasek is like, every week she's, I, I am, I'm always wrong on the podcast, but you know, I do a lot of podcasts. And so I'm like, is, is this one at this time or this one at that? So thank you for keeping me straight, Dr. Well, Jasek. this thing called a calendar, you know? My he, husband tells, says that to me all the time. He's like, why don't you put he, things in the calendar? He's a smart guy. He is a smart guy. That's why I married him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but today, you know what I want to talk to, uh, talk to, you know what I want to talk about? I want to, I want this headline. Worry about this, not that. Hmm. Worry about this, not that. Because here's why, Dr. Jasek. Um, in the raw diet, okay, there, there's, there's obviously a lot of information out there, a lot of misinformation, a lot of sphincter information, and people get focused on the wrong thing. Like... How do you get all the bacteria out of the food? What are your processes? And have you ever had a recall? Now, he, here's what I want to say about recalls. And you and I, we talked about recalls years ago. When they go into raw dog food companies, it is a pass or fail. It is not, hey, there's 1,200 strains of salmonella this is a strain that we found, but it has no relevance in making dogs sick. Okay. The other thing, Dr. Jacek, is there have never been a recall in raw dog food because a dog is sick. However, the many, 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 many recalls we have seen in kibble diets are from dogs dying. So... I'm always amazed that people who feed kibble worry about this, a pure raw diet, and not that, the kibble, who has a formulation of synthetics, right? A formulation of vitamin D, a formulation of vitamin A, a formulation of that they don't even know how it's going to work in a dog's body because the feeding trials are so abysmal. Right. Not to mention the hidden ingredients. You know, you can read every ingredient on a kibble label, but, you know, you don't know, like something says natural flavoring or, you know, not even natural, maybe chicken liver flavor, or whatever. I don't, I don't even know what that is. Why, why would you have to put chicken liver flavor in? You know, we would say, well, just feed liver because it tastes like liver and dogs like that. But uh, you have no idea what's 
what's in some, some of the ingredients are very vague and you have no idea. And they have tested things like phenobarbital, which is the main ingredient in the, in the euthanasia solutions that we use in animals. And so that would suggest that they are grinding up euthanized animals to put in dog food. And I believe that's actually been shown to be true, but where else would this, that drug be coming from? You know, they've actually tested like measurable levels. What if your dog's eating that, even if it's a small amount, with the company will say, oh, a small amount doesn't matter. But if they're eating it day after day after day, and then you wonder why, you know, your dog has neurologic issues because that's a, like an anesthetic type drug that they just, you know, overdose animals on to euthanize them. I mean, that's scary stuff. But yeah, people will pick apart, you know, the, the fat content in a raw diet because it's like half a percent too high. Like, are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> so the other category I want you to think about is worry about fake protein, not the protein level that is in a raw diet. And Dr. Connor Brady put out a great piece, you know, where he was talking about um, how pet parents are getting snookered into believing that they're getting so much protein out of a kibble diet they're 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 not getting that same amount in a raw diet. So we would say worry about what kind worry about what kind of protein that your dog is getting. Okay? You don't want to be worrying about a raw diet. I mean, it's mother's na- mother nature's protein. It's real protein, it's real fat, it's real bone. Um so did mother nature get it wrong or did the big manufacturers get it wrong? Yeah, Dr. Right. Jasek, the big manufacturers that want you to buy a certain, a certain type of food. And you know, it's, it, that's an interesting thing about the protein. Cause I've heard that. I think I've had a couple clients say that like raw didn't have enough protein or something. And I thought, you know, that's really odd because for years I've heard the opposite. Well, you know, it's not healthy for my dog's kidneys to feed a hundred percent protein diet because there, there was this assumption that meets a hundred percent protein, but now it doesn't have enough protein. So like they need to make up their mind. <laughs> well, it? It, it, it's got to be the type of protein, right? It needs to be yes. the type of protein. And if it's plant protein, right, it's all of the plant protein that they're throwing in that jacks it up. It also is not a great comparison when you say fed as a dry matter or fed, you know, they, they're not comparing apples to apples. But do you want plant protein or do you want animal protein? And there's debates out there as to whether or not a dog could survive on plant proteins and survive well. Well, I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's very strange to me that you would try to get an animal whose DNA, whose ancestors are primarily, primarily meat eaters to survive on plant protein. Right. How, how, how healthy are they going to be? You know, and people will say, well, you know, I had a dog live like, you know, 15 years on eating kibble. Well, but were they healthy? You know, I I like to see pets in optimal health because I, 
you know, had clients that, you know, I'll just do a wellness consultation because they want to know what's, what's the best way to keep my pet healthy and the best diet. And what's, you know, so we go through all the, you know, the routine, the diet vaccines and, and everything. And if they make a switch, like from a kibble to a raw diet, they're amazed. Their dog that they thought was healthy now is so much healthier. Their coat looks better. They don't shed as much. That's a huge one because it's a pain to keep vacuuming up hair. And uh, people are just thrilled that, that they don't shed as much and they don't poop as much. And they they have more energy. Sometimes they say, I didn't really want my dog to have more energy, but it sure seems to feel good on the food. I just got to get them out and exercise them more now. But they they feel so much. So like if you have a, a population that's mostly kibble fed dogs and you have that as your norm, that they have low energy and poor coats and they're overweight, people don't don't know the difference until they until they try the raw. But these dogs, they just do... A, a, a complete 180 and even sick dogs, you know, feel, feel better. You know, I, I have one client, a cancer patient that I'm working with and, and, and it is a um, lymphoma patient and we're, we're dealing with some stuff as far as the, the cancer goes, but she said to me, she, she switched to a raw diet. She said, you know, even though my dog still has, you know, some, some symptoms, he's, I can see how much healthier he, healthier he is, um, from compared to when we started because of the diet change and the things we've done to improve the dog's health. So we haven't handled all the issues, but she said, I can tell he's just so much healthier. And so when you see that over and over and over again, like there's no way in the world you'll convince me that dogs could do better on a plant-based diet or you know, anything besides a raw diet, because I've just seen them transform so, so often. Yeah. The other thing in the category of worry about this and not that, um, worry about the type of calories that your dog is getting, not how many calories they're getting. And Dr. Paul Saladino, I, he, um, he's great. If you guys follow him, it's called the carnivore MD on Instagram. He was doing a podcast the other day and I thought I should just tape that one segment and put it on this podcast because he said a calorie in is not a calorie out. Um, He said, you need to look at what kind of calories, right? And so I, I have people all the time, they come over and they say, hey, my dog needs this many calories. And I say, what is that? Is that carbohydrate calories? Is it protein calories? Is it fat calories? Because in the raw diet, it's protein and fat. And these, your dog will use uh, glycogenesis, right? They're going to make their own um, energy out of that. But mm-hmm. if you're feeding, let's just say 700 calories in kibble, how many of those 700 calories are actually carbohydrates? Dogs don't need that. Wouldn't you rather have protein and fat in your calorie content. So this is one of the things that I would say, worry about the type of calories, not just calories. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and each of those, you know, calorie types have different effects on the body. Like these plant-based proteins, if you're feeding wheat, corn, soy, um, they, they act more like carbohydrates in the body, especially when they're really processed and broken down. And 
those carbohydrates basically break down into sugar, which spikes insulin, which causes the body to store them as fat. They're not utilized in the body and they have a different metabolic effect on the body. That's why, you know, people and um, like cats more than dogs, um, because those are their obligate carnivores, get type two diabetes from eating too much sugar because you're continually spiking the insulin, spiking the insulin, spiking the insulin from these carbs. So it can have a devastating long-term metabolic effect on the body if you're not feeding a species appropriate diet, which for the dog, absolutely meat-based, animal, animal-based products. Yeah. All right. The next thing in the category is about worry about this and not that. You, when it comes to putting toxins in the body, we need to worry more about getting rid of the bugs uh, like flea and ticks, uh, mosquitoes around us. Worry about that and not do do I have uh, an afflientic medication to get through the summer? Well, that's poison. Mm-hmm. Let's do something to get rid of the pest. And that can be essential oils. So my mom said to me, we're not going to do Mosquito Joes this year. And I said, thank God, right? Because they like to come out and spray that toxic stuff all over their backyard, right? Yeah. yeah. And in the air and they're breathing it in. And I, she said, so what do I do? Because she has this new little dog. I said, mom, essential oils. And it's not just essential oils that you can put on the dogs, like our flea flicker that we have, but there are essential oils that you can actually treat your backyard with that mm-hmm. are not toxic. I know people that live on farms in Kansas who do that, Dr. Jasek, they will not put these toxins in their dog that are time-released. Hey, it's time, ding, 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 in the body. Let's release some poison. Let's release some poison in the dog. And, oh, I've got to because I've got all these mosquitoes or I've got this or I've got that. Let's get rid of the mosquitoes. You know, um, I don't know if if you've ever heard of uh, Joel Soliton. He's a permaculture farmer in Virginia. So he's back east where typically you do have a lot of bugs and a lot of issues. And um, I follow him because he uses no chemicals on his farm whatsoever. And he, he, he raises beef and pork and chicken and vegetables and stuff. And he grows things organically. He uses no dewormers no chemicals, no antibiotics, no vaccines, no nothing on his animals. And his whole premise is if you keep the animals healthy and in a, you know, healthy environment, including, you know, mental health, and and they're all pasture raised, they're, they're, they're raised in the way nature intended. So they're not stressed. And so just creating health in your dog and making sure includes, you know, feeding them an appropriate diet. Are they getting enough exercise? Are they doing these sorts of things that would be natural for whatever breed they are? You're keeping the animal healthy. So yeah. And, and, and use the natural products to get um, or keep the insects away. But so say your dog then does get bit with a mosquito carrying the heartworm larvae. Well, they're so healthy and robust and their immune system is so strong Maybe they get bit by that mosquito, but that heartworm larvae doesn't have a chance. Their body's just going to eliminate it. So you can, you know, 
this is the premise of the way I practice is we keep animals healthy, not by continuing to put all these poisons into the body, which just do more harm than good, but we keep them healthy by supporting the body's natural mechanisms for doing so. Right. Worry about the toxins, the poisons that are going in the dog instead of worrying about protecting them, you know, in, in, in an unhealthy way. People to me sometimes worry about the wrong things. Oh my gosh, what if my dog gets bit by a larva carrying mosquito? Okay. Well, what if your dog gets cancer because you keep putting toxins in their body? Right. Like, like flea and tick and heartworm. Yeah. And, absolutely. and you, you want to see somebody that will rail against this stuff that is animate uh, about this. Um, Dr. William Faulkner is one of them, right? He has been talking about that for a very long time. Um, but you're, yeah. So Joe Salatini or however you say Salatin, he polyface farm. Yep. Polyface. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Dr. Thomas Cowan has on his website, uh, the polyface boxes uh, that you can buy uh, for your meat. If uh, you want to buy that meat for you out there, it's called poly uh, polyface. Um, there are boxes that they have on their site. So it's Dr. Thomas Cowan. It may be in Dr. Cowan's garden, but they do have an alliance with um, polyface, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So the last thing that we want to... Um, Say, worry about, again, the toxic overload of rabies vaccine. Don't worry about your dog being bitten by a rabid animal. How likely is that, you guys? Remember that rabies is not something that floats in the air. Rabies is not something that floats in the air. Dr. Jessica, you've talked about it many times. You have to be bitten or your dog has to be bitten by a rabid animal. Now, we know that there are some uh, celebrity vets out there, let's call them, who are promoting the fear of rabies right now, which I don't understand why they're doing that. Because uh, just like what we said, I mean... A rabid animal lives about three days. Is your dog actually going to be chased down and bitten by a rabid squirrel, skunk, deer, elk, I don't know, fox? What the hell? And is an apparently healthy dog, should it happen to bite? This is this is one of the big pushes I hear. Well, if your dog has rabies and it bites, you know, somebody in our clinic, then, you know, you know, then they could get rabies and, you know, that obviously that would not be good, but an apparently healthy dog, I think it's highly unlikely. I know this is, you know, there's different opinions on this, but I think it's highly unlikely that a dog that is able to spread rabies, if rabies even exists, because I question that, you know, with this whole virus thing, but say just for the sake of conversation here, that it is a virus and that your dog could spread it in a, in a bite. The, the way rabies is spread is it goes, or this is what I was taught, goes up the central, up, up the nerves to the spinal cord, up to the brain. And then it's spread in the bite because it then comes down the cranial nerves into the salivary gland. So 
in order for rabies to be spread in a bite, supposedly, it has already been to the brain. And we know that the rabies causes behavioral changes and, and aggression and different things. And so if that dog is very, very healthy and apparently healthy, even if, you know, we're going to assume that rabies is a virus, this is how it's spread. It would be so unlikely that it would spread if, if, if it was not showing any symptoms. Um, and so it just doesn't, it just, the whole, the whole premise just doesn't really make any sense. And I still contend, and I've, I've, you know, gotten some flack for some emails I've sent out to my clients, encouraging them to push back against veterinarians that are, are taking it upon themselves to be the, the vaccine police. Cause I do not believe that's our role. It's our role to give informed consent and to sit down with clients and give them all the pros and cons and all the scenarios. Are there local laws? Yes, absolutely. But is it the role of the veterinarian to enforce them? I say no. Our role is to inform clients. And I, I tell clients, these are the side effects that I've seen from vaccines. I think that they can do a lot of damage to your pet. Now, if your dog runs out and gets gets out and gets picked up by animal control and you don't have verification of a rabies shot, yeah, you're going to have to deal with that. But people should be able to make their own choices. That's my point. I do not believe that veterinarians should be um, mandating vaccines. I mean, everybody can run their business the way they want, but they make it sound like it's their obligation to make sure that pets are vaccinated. And it's it's not. Well, correct. And and we just had this, this situation happen where somebody pushed back um, and this vet got angry. And and the question is, Dr. Jasek, why are they getting angry? I mean, if you really do show them, at least in Colorado, what it says, they cannot argue with what the Colorado, what what is it called? The, it's the, the Practice Act. Yeah, the, the Practice, Practice Act for veterinarians. They, they really cannot argue with what it says. And what it says is this, not in a nutshell. Yes, we recommend rabies. Uh, vaccination. However, each dog is different and that should be taken into consideration and informed consent should be given and each dog be treated as an individual. That's basically what it says. Would I be correct in saying that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's very clearly written that the role of the veterinarian is, you know, to be aware that yes, there are laws, there are regulations uh, around certain vaccines. I don't even know that it mentioned rabies specifically, but it does mention, you know, informing people about um, local laws and ordinances. But it also says you you look at the whole, the pet's health history and their lifestyle, and you make sure that, that, that those vaccines are appropriate for the pet. And if a pet's sick at all, they should never get a vaccine because it's just going to make you know any any symptomatology or any disease process is based in inflammation and the vaccines are just going to blow that up it's going to make it worse and harder for them to treat so the very least they should be postponing vaccines until the pet is in optimal health you know dr jasek the dogs that i know that have not gotten more than their puppy shots are in far better health down the road than the ones that I see doing this over and over and over again. And 
again, I think that you should worry about the toxins that accumulate in the dog's body and don't worry so much about the what ifs, the what ifs of this sort of invisible enemy, this invisible rabies enemy. And you and I were talking about this. So you've got some big vets out there that are trying to scare people right now. What do you think the incentive behind that is? Well, I, I always think one of two things. There's either a financial incentive or it's it's just a CYA. You know, there, you know, people, even quote unquote holistic practitioners are um I think sometimes just willing to like put put themselves on the line as as far as going against the narrative, the the popular narrative, they'll go just so far. And they'll have stop points and maybe just going against the rabies narrative. Um, they're just not comfortable doing that because they might get some flack from that. I mean, I sure did, but I don't care because I'm not going to stop doing what I believe is best for, for the pets. And if my, you know, colleagues in the area have an issue with that, well, you know, you know, too bad. I, I'm going to tell people what I'm observing and what, um, you know, what, I see happening in my practice that these vaccines are doing, doing harm. And if they don't like that, well, I, you know, I, I don't care. You know, like I said, once I know what I've seen and what is best for the pets and what's harming pets, you know, I'm, that's what I'm going to, I'm going to tell people, I'm going to share that with people. And I'm going to encourage people to push back on this because I think it's important and yeah, there's laws and there's ordinances, but at some point, we have to say, this is doing more harm than good. This doesn't make sense. We need to reevaluate these rules. But you see, Dr. Jasek, what's happening in the world on the human side. We know for a fact that the COVID vax has caused enormous amount of damage. And if you don't believe me, go read Dr. Uh, Dr. Edward Dowd's book. Mm. He's got a brand new book out where he actually shows you the numbers, okay, from the insurance companies, from the uh, funeral companies. And you cannot argue with these numbers about how many people have been affected, uh, how many people are applying for disability, how many people are now out of the workforce, what the economic impact has been. Even with these numbers that are factual, that you can back up, that he's backed up, they're still pushing that vaccine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay? his book is really interesting because he has actual, you know, cases, the people, his pictures of the people. You can't deny, there's just no way you could deny the, the data in that book. It's so well researched and so well founded. But yeah, but the narrative stays the same. His name is Edward Dowd, D-O-W-D. And some people might say, why, why do you guys talk about this when this is a dog show? Because it correlates. Well, it's the same industry. It's exactly the same industry. It's it's no, it's 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 no different. There the veterinary medicine is just a branch. These big pharmaceutical companies like Pfizer, I mean, they call it Zoetis, they call it other things, but we're just offshoots of these same same companies. It's it's all the same industry and we're just another money-making branch for them. Yeah. And the book is actually called Cause Unknown, 
the epidemic of sudden deaths in 2021 and 2022. Um, and I, I contend that if we can relate what's going on in the dog world with what's going on in the human world, then that uh, paradigm shift will happen. I know that we've looked at the veterinary profession as, oh my gosh, they just want to help my dog. And I do believe that the vets go into that profession because they love dogs. They want to help dogs, but then they're totally indoctrinated for four years um, in this sort of box diagnosis. If this happens, give them that drug, sell them this food. We're going to do, you know what I'm saying? It, um, yeah, we, we've just got to start looking around and see what's happening in the world, in the world of medicine as a whole, on the human side and the pet side. We need to worry more about what may not be the best thing for our pets. And we know something is going on, Dr. JC, because they're itchy pets. We've got gut dysbiosis and we have got major, major cancer diagnosis still coming down the pike. They're constantly... Uh, dogs are being diagnosed with cancer. This is frightening. That you should worry about. Yeah, absolutely. And change the things you can change. You know, we live in a toxic world. Our pets ex are exposed to lots of things in our air and in our water that we may not have complete control over, but that makes it even more important to change the things we can change by getting them on a raw species appropriate diet you know, uh, eliminating things like vaccinations and these these preventatives and these poisons. Let's not poison our dogs unnecessarily because they're exposed to enough poisons that we don't have any control over. But if we eliminate the toxins that we can, their bodies are going to be much better able to, you know, handle the environmental toxins that that we can't control. So it's just, it's super important that you do the things you can that, to eliminate these known known toxins from your dog's environment. Absolutely. All right, everybody. If you are serious about helping your pet, even if maybe you haven't understood the dangers of Leontic, heartworm, and vaccinations. All right. You can stop right now today. You can go a different path. And Dr. Judy Jasek is somebody that can help you revitalize your dog, right? You've, you, you've got to stop doing the things that are going to not be good for your pet, haven't been good for your pet, and start going a different direction. She will help you. You're not alone. Sometimes people feel like you're alone. You are not. There's a bunch of us out there. There's a lot of people that are very quiet. They don't speak out. That's not uh, who we are here at the Raw Dog Food Truth. That's not who Dr. Judy Jasek is. A lot of us put a lot of things on the line every single day for pet health. Uh, but we're not the pet police. We are here to help you. Um, so reach out to Dr. Judy Jasek. She's at ahavet.com, ahavet.com. One of the, the, the great things on your site, Dr. Jasek, is in the multimedia section. Okay, so you guys um, go on her site. There's a multimedia section that you can open up and it shows all the podcasts that we've done, all the videos that Dr. Jasek has done. And there's many of them on all of these subjects that we talk about every day. So get over to ahavet.com. Get your dog on a species appropriate diet. We'll make it easy for you. 
hit our chat button, uh, go over to the I'm Overwhelmed, or just send us an email. We'll be glad to help you get your dog on a species-appropriate diet because here at rawdogfoodandcompany.com, your pet's health is our business and friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see you soon, everybody. Bye-bye. Oh, snap, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.